Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Laura Noel, who is the founder of Stretch Into Success. Let me share a quick background on Laura before we jump into the episode. She is an executive business and personal development consultant who works with organizations and individuals to help streamline business processes while maximizing profits. She helps clients stretch their thinking in a way that opens them up to new possibilities. Prior to becoming an entrepreneur and CEO of her own company, Laura studied and taught personal growth, change management, and leadership for over 27 years while serving in the United States Air Force. She has helped solidify goals and improve the corporate culture within government agencies, the Department of Defense, and construction, technical, insurance, and sales organizations. She is proud to serve as a transformational coach, helping clients bridge the gap between feeling stuck and finding fulfillment in life and career. Laura knows how to get results as she guides clients in overcoming the mindset blocks that keep them from realizing their true potential, purpose, lifelong dreams, and legacy. Laura helps her clients gain a new level of self-confidence and become the leader others will want to follow. Implementing a mix of science and psychology, she helps individuals and teams advance their current projects and careers and prepares them to successfully transition onto greater opportunities. I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Laura. So without further ado, please welcome in Laura Noel. Laura, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, I always enjoy meeting new people. So uh, kind of looking at your background and obviously a, a lot of unique things you've done uh, across the course of your life. So I'm excited for you to share those, share the journey a little bit and and obviously help folks that are listening, you know, get started with a lot of different things. So I thought I would start though with, and it's always better to hear from you than me, because there's a few different areas. I was like, ah, maybe we can pick and go here to start, but let's, let's start in this position. Um, if I had to ask you, and you could pick more than one, okay. what would you say, based on all the stuff you're doing now, where do you think the turning point came from, where it maybe veered you off one track and kind of down this track? Is there one or two glaring moments in your mind uh, that you would share kind of that, that impression of, gosh, this is, this is kind of where I saw this new path take form? Mm, well, definitely when I made that transition, Um, from retiring from the military to becoming an entrepreneur. And I I didn't know exactly what my path would look like. You know, I was looking at uh, taking on another position in the military. At that time, I was looking at potentially other jobs. What could I do with the experience that I already have in the military? Um, And it's crazy because I took yoga teacher certification Mm. and that was really what opened me up to, Oh my gosh, if I could bottle this, the the mindset piece of this yoga um, into a curriculum, 
I would love to share that with people. It, it was really an epiphany when I started teaching yoga at my work center for military members. It was just something for free that I was doing after hours. And I was just noticing the shift in people. And that was a turning point for me. And I was planning on retiring in three years at that point. And I ended up meeting my mentor and getting um, certified. And I ended up submitting my retirement and getting it approved in three months. And within six months, I was doing the work that I'm doing right now full time. Mm. So that was a defining moment. <laughs> I'm going to go down a few different rabbit holes there. Um, because I'm curious, because, you know, yoga, in in a sense, and, and I'm, I'm very big into health and wellness and stuff. So I've done a lot of yoga. Um, but it's also I kind of compare that similar to meditation, like it's you have to get outside the box. It's, it's against the norm. I think it's become more yeah. normal now than maybe five, 10 years ago. But what made you ultimately decide to try yoga? Had you done that before in your life? Or is this kind of a new endeavor for you? I, I took yoga classes, you know, <laughs> throughout the, the years here and there. And there was always a part of me that just wanted, I was craving something. I think it was just something spiritual. And I was craving just knowing my power, connecting with the universe, with God. I just was craving something more. And so it was always that, that intuitive um, push that was sort of always nagging at me over the years. And I know this is silly, but you know we have in the military tuition assistance and we have our GI Bill. Mm-hmm. And over the years, whenever I would pursue yoga, that was not one of the, the things that was that they would allow us to do with that source of funding. Again, it's not mainstream, right? right? And then one day, it was in 2015, I said, you know, this is stupid. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. So I just paid to do it. And I'm so glad I did because it is not the norm. And what I loved about it was that, you know, people were that normally wouldn't gravitate toward this, but they knew me. Mm-hmm. They came into this into the organization and into my teaching. And they were getting so many benefits from it in their clarity of mind and how they felt in their body. And I wasn't doing anything crazy. It was mindfulness in essence. Um, And that's what changed everything for me. And it also helped me become more mindful when I was following that path to discern, you know, it's not that the physical practice is something that I necessarily want to teach. It's the mindset piece of it and what it does for people, what it's done for me and what I'm seeing it do for other people. And when I said, I want to box this up in some sort of a curriculum, it's like the mentor who had always been there just was, it just became more apparent to me because it was clear. So I think it was getting that clarity, following the path and that mindfulness piece of yoga, and then being open to the question and then making a decision. I want this. I don't know what the what it looks like, but I want this kind of thing in this kind of format. And then being open to um, jumping on that opportunity when my mentor presented himself. Well, so and you, let's go down that path for a minute because you sure. talked about mentorship. I think support systems are so valuable. and We can go into other areas than just mentors. But tell me a little about the, the mentor you've mentioned a couple of times yeah. How did you come across that? How did how did how did that come about? And and why has it been important for you? Sure. I have always, um, gosh, since 2013, I, I started really diving in deep to personal development. 
And every year, I mean, I would do a bunch of different things, but every year I would go to California to this one particular event. And uh, Bob Proctor was a speaker at this event every year. And in 2016, this is when I, you know, right after I had the yoga certification training, uh, he was speaking again. And I am not, um, I'm used to being on stage. I don't mind speaking in front of people, but I'm not, you know, boisterous. And I wouldn't normally volunteer to jump up and raise my hand and speak mm -hmm. in front of people in an audience like that. But I felt compelled to do it when he was speaking when I was there, because when I said I wanted to kind of have a curriculum that infused this mindfulness piece, he was speaking that language and he was speaking the language of conscious and subconscious mind and how the brain works and, and all that. And I'm like, that's it. I felt compelled and I jumped up out of my seat and I said, how do you know when you found your purpose? I've been collecting all of these degrees and certifications and I don't feel passionate about any of them. And he started asking me some questions and he just said, give me your contact information. And uh, I, I think we have something that I think that you would be really great at. And it was a matter of months where I was learning his curriculum, getting certified in the coaching. And that's when things started to take off. Um, I didn't know what he was offering. I didn't know what the financial commitment was. I didn't care. I just knew in that moment I was in harmony with what I wanted and the how didn't matter. I decided I was going to do it. I started working with him and I just, I did what he asked me to do. You know, it's like when we get coached, I think coaching is so important because a coach can um, compress time for you. Yeah. And so I really connected with what he was saying. If he told me to stand on my head and sing the alphabet backwards, I would have done it. I just did what he said. And that's when things really started to take, to take off. And, and, for, and Bob uh, Proctor, what, what's his background that has he always been a coach? What was kind of his, what, what's he done for his main, most of his career, I guess. Folks yeah. that don't know him. So he's been around in personal success and human potential since gosh, 1961 is when he started studying oh, wow. this. He's 87 now. Wow. Um, and his mentor had given him the book, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. And yeah. he told him, if you do what I'm asking you to do and you read this book, you can have anything you want. And at the time, Bob was making $4,000 a year and he owed six and he wow. had been fired from many jobs. He just wasn't finding his path. He also served in the Navy. He was always kind of getting in trouble, but he listened to his mentors. And what he realized was he, he kind of dissected this material. He realized it was repetition of a new idea, um, the new kind of paradigm of who he wanted to be, having that coaching and mentorship and the lessons that he was learning from his coach and through um, Think and Grow Rich was were the things that really propelled him forward. Um, mm. And it's interesting because he gave the book to so many people. He's like, oh my gosh, this changed my life. Read this book. And then people were saying, it doesn't work. Well, that's when he realized he started working with um, Earl Nightingale, another one of his mentors. Um, he, you know, he brought his business to, um, gosh, from 4,000 a year to 175, starting a cleaning business within a year. And then within a few years, he was earning millions. And when he worked with Earl Nightingale, 
in personal development. He took a huge pay cut of like 19,000 a year because he just wanted to dissect the mind and figure out what the heck happened. But those were the three components. It was, you know, we can learn something and read the books, look at the self-help industry, but it doesn't mean that we know it on a visceral level. So it was studying it through repetition of a new idea, the coaching and that, that idea of thinking grow rich. By the way, as an as an aside, yeah. does Earl Nightingale not have one of the best voices of all time? Oh my gosh, yes, definitely. Is, listen, um, anyone listening in, if you've never listened to Earl Nightingale, go like YouTube or go <laughs> find a video. I'm trying to remember, and and I'm, I don't know it off the top of my head for whatever reason. There's a phenomenal um, short. I think it was on Audible. I downloaded it. You may know the name of it. Yeah, it's a, you know what I'm talking about. It's, a, um, it's the strangest secret. The strangest secret. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna link it up in the in the show notes. I just remember that. But yeah, oh my gosh, his voice is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, and Bob learned from him. And and speaking of voices, Bob even changed his voice. Just took kind of worked on his voice to have kind of that presence too. So mm-hmm. I mean, gosh. What a great mentor for him as oh, well. I, oh, gosh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to go back. I circled something here as you were chatting, um, and I circled the year 2013. Because one of the things that's always interesting to me is, you know, we can kind of look at the 30,000 foot view and we can point to things here and there. But, you know, you said ah, 2013, I started personal development. You didn't say 2012. You didn't say 2009. You didn't say 2000. What was it about 2013 that she, what, what happened in your life maybe that you started to say, I got to do more personal development? Was there a big moment or was it just, it just happened through osmosis or something that ah, I got to start doing this? <laughs> yeah. It, well, 2012, um, I remember being stationed in New England and my husband and I moved, we got stationed in Hawaii, but 2012, around that time, I, um, I, I was at the top of my game. I was at the top of my leadership game. I had made it to the top 1% in my career. Even few of us were women. I was leading organizations and, um, but I just never felt fulfilled. I was taking care of my father who was terminally ill. I did a figure competition, ran a marathon, did the, went to Hawaii, did the half Ironman. And it was like every mountain I would climb, I would say, I'm going to find the joy. I'm going to feel good enough. I'm going to feel smart enough. I'm going to feel thin enough, whatever, whatever, a not enoughness I was feeling at the time. And I just could never find joy. And then, so in 2013, I was um, an, a background person in the movie Aloha. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yeah. And so we were on the movie set. It was a small handful of us in this one scene. And this girl was reading out loud. Well, she was reading this personal development book. And every once in a while, she'd be, oh, this is so good. And she would read a phrase. And I just said to her, I, I don't know who you are. I want what you have. That that sounds amazing. She was talking about a women's leadership group. And mm-hmm. I just said, I, I want it. I went to um, a presentation. I learned about the organization. It was Personal Success Institute, mm-hmm. um, PSI seminars. And um, I was hooked. It was something that she was saying in the just being a leader of self and having that fulfillment that that really tugged at my heartstrings because it was something that I was lacking and I knew I needed to do something I just didn't know what and just similarly to the story with Bob I was looking for something and when the the person showed up and they said the things I was I was keyed in on it 
I needed something. I needed a change. I needed to feel that fulfillment. I needed to see what other people were seeing in me for myself. And when she was speaking, that was the epiphany. That was the aha. So I didn't, you know, sometimes people go into personal development or they get invited to check something out and they go in kicking and screaming and they're reluctant and resistant. I was not. I knew I needed something. Um, and that was it. And I made the decision and jumped with both feet in. What was, uh, what did you discover was missing? Um, at the time, I think, oh, that's such a great question. I think at the time, I, I just, I was looking outside of myself for fulfillment. So I think the missing link for me was realizing that I'm where the party's at. I can remember being at this women's leadership um, event and we were out uh, for 24 hours um, camping by ourselves and I didn't have my phone. I didn't have anything but my journal. And I remember looking across, I could see other tents. We were, you know, we could kind of see in the distance, there were other mm -hmm. people there. And I was, wow, their area looks really cool. Why am I on this slopey hill in my tent sliding down in it? And and I was, I started to look out at these other tents thinking, wow, I wonder what it's like to be that person. I wonder, and I said, no, wait a minute. I, I, I just had this aha. I'm where the party's at. It's within me. It was just being alone. I think having all of that time to myself, which I never had before because I was always had this insatiable desire to always achieve. I was a goal seeking organism, one goal after the other. I, I never had time to think and really look to see what was inside of me. So I think that was um, a defining moment. That was what was missing was the realization that all of my answers were inside of me yeah. and not out there. Gosh, I'm, I'm, that's so awesome. You got to that realization. I, it's, I've kind of come to the same thing in the last few years. So it's kind of, it's awesome to hear that. And everyone gets the different paths to get there because it seemed like, and tell me if I'm wrong, when you were doing the, the fitness competitions or even the Ironman, Partly that was for you, but it seemed like maybe based on the tent story, was that partly for what it looks like from the outside? Hey, other oh. people are seeing that I have these roles or I've gotten to these levels. Like it looks, makes me look better. Is that, was that kind of part of it then? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was to convince myself that I was good enough, but it was also wanting to be good enough for everyone else. And it's interesting because I would bend over backwards to help another person. And I was doing all these things, you know, for, to, to have closeness, to feel good enough, to look good, maybe in other people's eyes, but, and yet I would never put myself out there and be vulnerable and allow people to help me. Yeah. And so as a consequence, I was doing all these things and from the outside looking in, it looked really shiny and pretty, but I felt very lonely because I wasn't connecting. I didn't have close relationships, but it looked like I did. Hmm. Where, yeah. where did that come from? Was that a lot of times, you know, and I look back at myself, obviously, but we hear, you know, from childhood or upbringing, like, did you have a lot of those challenges growing up and that just carried over into adulthood? Yeah, I think, you know, for everyone in general, we have things that happen in our life or we grow up seeing things through our five senses or experiencing things. And those experiences become a part of our belief system and our paradigm. So absolutely, you know, my paradigm growing up was, you know, 
striving for attention or, you know, there was turmoil in my home, you know, so being quiet and not being bothersome to others to cause an, an argument between the parents. So, I mean, all of those things, when I think back, they definitely uh, became a part of my paradigm. I don't want to be a bother. You know, I don't want to ask for support. I don't want to ask for too much or um, so. Yeah, absolutely. Those things definitely played a part. And it's um, and it's interesting when when I was really digging and pulling back the layers of the onion, having an awareness of those things helped the impact of those things sort of dissipate and melt away. So it's not that I was digging and then pointing a finger. You did this to me. No, it wasn't. It was just to understand, well, where did this come from? And do I want to believe that? Do I want to believe that I'm being a bother? Do I want to believe that I can't be vulnerable? Do I want to believe that I can't be my full expression of myself and that I have the answers? No, I don't want to believe that any longer. And then it just, you know, it was a matter of changing those beliefs to, well, what would I rather believe? And then focusing my energy there. Mm. You mentioned obviously a couple like seminars and some other things. You're obviously thinking grow rich, obviously a great book. Were there other books or other practices that you did to help you become more aware? Yeah. Um, autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda was um, huge. That opened me up when I was in my yoga teacher certification. So that was a book um, that I, I love. That was a, a turning point for me. Um, Neville Goddard, The Power of Awareness, just to help me understand the essence of who we are. We're all connected and there's no limits to what we can do, truly. The only limits, I love that he says it's poverty of imagination and um, and the lack of attention, uh, focused attention. I'm paraphrasing that. Mm. But it's, um, so those were huge. Practices for me that are non-negotiable that have been life-changing for me is carving out time to, to meditate, to visualize, to think about what I want. Um, I, you know, I was recently on a call with a client and um, she had said something to the effect of, you know, why am I not living my, my dream life or, you know, getting what I want in, in this capacity. And I said, well, you know, is that the question you are normally asking yourself? Let's see if we can shift it to, um, you know, what's my vision and visualizing that and being there. And, and what can I do today to move me in that direction to get me toward that goal? So then we're turning our focus away from what we perceive as lack toward what we perceive as, you know, possibility and, right. you know, and inspired action. So those are things that I incorporate into my, my everyday is taking time to connect with what I want and then listening for inspiration, asking a question, how can I serve today? What does, um, what do people need to hear today? How can I, how can they benefit? Um, how can I grow toward my vision today? And whatever sources of inspiration come to me, whether it's in that moment, I write them down and take action on them, or I'm open to them. So when somebody says something at 7-Eleven, I'm tuned into it and right. I can act on it immediately. Yeah. One thing I wanted to underscore there, I love what you said is, you know, I kind of think of this as like, obviously finding, you know, you talk about your purpose, kind of finding the North Star, I want to get into that a little bit more. But, you know, if I use one of the analogies, like you said, you did the Ironman, right? And being able to do that, like, you can't think about the finish line, right? 
you just have to think about the, like the first maybe stroke in the water or the first pedal of the bike, like, and then keep building on that. So to your point, what's the present moment? And I think that's where, you know, at least for me, where meditation, mindfulness, like that, sometimes it sounds hokey, but it's not really, it's like, it keeps you in the present moment, you know, it keeps you not getting too distant in the future where you could focus on if I get something done today, well, now I can build the momentum for tomorrow because we can't yeah. get to the finish line until we actually do something today and take action. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think being present helps us make more effective decisions. Yeah. And I also believe there's a place for visualization and quiet mindfulness meditation, because what I like to do is have an image of that vision of where I'm going mm -hmm. and then I let it go. Okay. What can I do today? Yeah. You know, or if I'm faced with, you know, a decision and there's a couple of options, what can I do today? You know, does this one feel good or does this one feel good? And that way the decision is, I'm in already in harmony with my vision of what I want. And the decision is coming from within me, not something outside of me. And so, you know, we're not, I love Steve Jobs. He said one time, we can't connect the dots moving forward. Mm -hmm. We can only connect them looking backwards. Yeah. So we see that first milestone and we go there. That's what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see the next one. But in the back of our mind, we have this vision of where we're going, you know, otherwise we're, you know, we're not steering the ship. It's, it's, we're out in the ocean bobbing around. We have to have a direction, a star, so to speak, that we're shooting for. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I wanted to ask about, you know, especially someone like yourself, where you're kind of a decorator, decorated military member for many, right? 20 something years. Is that right? Was it Almost 28 years. Almost yeah. 28 years. Yeah. So I want to, and this comes up a lot. So I think a lot of folks listening in would, would be appreciative of kind of the depth if you go here is the identity mm -hmm. because that's what you were known for. Yeah. So how do you make the shift both mentally, right? And obviously, you know, the physical part of actually putting a business into practice, but the mental shift of I'm a military member, this is what I've done for all these years to I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to go down that path. Was that hard for you or was it not maybe as hard as other people deal with? I definitely struggled, but what I teach, I, I was also getting coached in. So I had to build a new identity. And so I was doing that as I was transitioning. What I see a lot of people do is they don't do that and, and I'm not saying it wasn't hard because even as of recent years, mm -hmm. somebody asked me, a colleague, who would you be without the military? And I was like, oh, yeah. and, and that's a, a big part of my life. I love my service and I love my brothers and sisters who I served with and I'm connected with them and I still am connected with them and I serve that community. But that question, who would I be without having that as a part of my identity because the truth is it's not who we are it's something we've done yeah who we are is so much more vast than that so yeah. i got coached right away immediately so in 2016 when i met bob proctor i enrolled in the certification with him i um invested within just a few months i invested to work with him one-on-one -on -one. And then I went to a kind of a think tank for businesses to help me set the blocks in motion with other people who think like this. Uh, and that's what really set me up for success. It was building the image of who I wanted to be. And this is so crazy. I didn't think about this till now. 
as I was approaching retirement, even before I met Bob, I had this image of who I wanted to be. What did I wear? What did I look like? How did I carry myself? And um, I went to a, a really fancy boutique and I bought this killer suit um, from the Dior boutique in, uh, in Hawaii when I was stationed there. I didn't wear it. I didn't wear it. I would try it on. I didn't wear the thing until 2019. 2019 is when I, I've been working on myself for many years, but in 2019, February of 2019, it was um, actually, when did the pandemic start? Gosh. Uh, twenty Well, end of 2019, early 2020. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably around 2019. I went to a training and I wore the suit and it felt natural. It was like, I finally stepped into that woman I wanted to be. I, I became her. So I mm -hmm. had this image of who I wanted to be. I had a physical representation of that. I was working on building my image over this time and evolving and growing my business. And then it was like, I reached in the closet. What am I saving this for? And I put it on and it felt natural. It was who I was. It was who I became. So I think, you know, in a sense, that transition was definitely challenging, but a little bit easier because I was working on building that image of who I wanted to become all along. What was the hardest part, do you think, of those few years building it? Is there one like area that you're like, God, this was a pain in the, this was, this sucked, but I, I had to get over it. Yeah. Um, I would say the getting into the how of um, when I was getting ready to transition and move, getting into the mechanics and the technical aspect of, you know, how do I reach people? Because when I started my business, most of my clients were through one-on-one -on -one conversations in the local mm -hmm. area. But now, you know, when I first started, I was in the process of, all right, I'm retiring. Now I'm going to move back to the mainland and then moving everything online. And then I, I find that I started to get caught up in, oh, what is this person doing? And what is this person doing? And, oh, that seems to work. Maybe I should build a funnel. And I wasn't really following my own path. And when I did land on, okay, what do I feel guided to do right now in my business? And I followed that and sought another mentor who could help me. That's when things started to, um, again, move in the right direction. But I think starting out, it was instead of, I was, instead of working on and doing what I was teaching, following my own intuition and path, I was, again, found myself looking at what other people were doing, and maybe I should do that activity or that one, or this is the model. No, check back in, get back to basics. What do I feel? That, you know, that was the biggest challenge, I think, for me. Kind of, kind of almost like you got to stay focused. Like, I can't veer to like, tw I can't do 20 different things. I got to focus on this and this alone and let it go yes. where it goes kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, based on a little bit of my story, I mean, I was in everything, you know, I'm right. the marathons and the figure competitions and the, uh, you know, I was in everything. I was doing all of the things and this uh, really just dialing, dialing it in, being focused, like you said, um, that was probably the most difficult thing, but that's where you get the most momentum. Yeah. Do you remember, because you, you mentioned a little bit like when you, you know, discovered yoga, it's like, wow, this is new. This is, this could be great. And you're seeing how it's impacting people. But do you, I don't know if you remember the exact day, but like, do you remember when it hit you? Like, I, because you said earlier, I didn't know I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't know my purpose, whatever. Do you remember when it's like, 
wow, I found my purpose. Like it hit me. Do you, do you remember that? When that was, was that in recently? Was that a couple of years back? When, when was that? Yeah, that's uh, when I decided I want to bottle this up in a curriculum. When Bob Proctor was speaking, I knew that's what I wanted. I knew it. I knew it. I said, I have to retire in three years. Like I was going to cling on to for dear life and stay in as long as I could. And um, I was, I knew I, like I had goosebumps. Every hair on my arm was standing up. I knew I was like, man, I don't know what you're on. You probably thought I was crazy. Like he, he's like, I just asked for your contact information. I was like, yeah. yes. Like, like, I don't know what you're offering, how much it costs. I don't care. I'm all in. And I was at my desk at work. Um, this kind of ties into this is I was working through the mindset piece that I, I teach. And, uh, you know, I was kind of going through some journaling and I went, oh, I realized that I had power over what I did. And we know this consciously. I had power over my future. I, I'm in charge of me. It, mm -hmm. it just hit me on a visceral level. And I pushed away from my desk for a moment. And then I got back to my desk and I clicked the button, retire, submit. Wow. I just knew. Um, and, and I had been asking colleagues, gosh, how do you know when it's time to retire? And other people would say, you just know. And it, it hit me in that moment. I, I knew what my path was and I just knew. And then I had to, oh, honey, uh, guess what? I just, <laughs> I just retired. I think I probably should have told you that first, but it just, I was, again, compelled to do it. And I took action. So you were just so more clarity for me, you were saying you're normally would have had to wait three years, but you had the option to retire earlier if you wanted. You were in that kind of yeah, bubble, I, if you will. I, right. I was planning. I I could have retired at any time mm -hmm. because I were already I had already been in for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but because of my rank, I could have stayed in for a maximum of 30 years. Okay. Um and so I was, I was planning on doing that. And um, why not? You know, it's a great career. I could maybe find a different position and um, do that. But I, once I knew I, that this was my path, I just knew at, you know, the 27-ish year mark, nope, it's, I'm done. It's time to go. Wow, that's awesome. I'd like the just dive in, just head first, like, you know, screw it. We're doing <laughs> we're Yeah, <this>. no. <laughs> we're going. Um, I do want to add well, just a, a couple more questions here. And did I see that you're launching a book as well? Ah, yes, I am. Um, I love the, I love that. <laughs> love that as, you know, fellow author. I love the, uh, I love publishing. I love talking about books. I think it's a, it's an awesome endeavor. Tell me about the genesis of this. Yeah. So it's called Rat Race Reboot. And it's about getting out of the grind, getting out of busy. That's what my life was all about and finding that you can be more effective right. in whatever it is you want to pursue, whether it's finding your purpose, whether it's standing in it, living in it, leaving a legacy, but you can also be fulfilled and, and really connect with those people and those moments that you say are really important to you. And I'm teaching people in this book how to do that as an individual and in a team or in a company. Tell me about the writing process. I know that that's always challenging. Are, are you, by the way, are you finished writing or is it ready to launch and everything? It's, or I think by February it will be. So I am working with an editor. And okay. so I, I have that external push 
and somebody to bounce things off of. That's yeah. what's been really helpful because I, the book journey started, gosh, probably in 2018 when um, there's another well-known author. Her name's Peggy McCall. She was talking about publishing a book and I became so overwhelmed with emotion. I, I, I wanted to cry. I'm in this like public thing and I'm like, Laura, what? get it together. Why are you like crying? And I sketched out chapters and sub chapters of this book. It's not the book that I'm writing now, but I got in my head of, you know, oh, is it good enough? Should I do it? Um, but this process has been hand in hand working with an editor. Um, and so I'm on chapter eight, there's 12 chapters. And so we're shooting to have it actually like out there by February, no later than February of 2022. And, and, and the writing process, did you kind of lock yourself, you know, double lock the doors, don't let anyone in for hours, or did you kind of just, you know, pick and choose a few minutes here and there to write? How did you go through the writing process? Yeah, I would have, um, so I had my editor and I get together and come up with the overall theme of the book with chapters. And then I would just sit down and, and write a chapter. So I would just, I would sit down and quiet and, and just sit down for an hour and do it, get it done. Um, and then I would send it to her to kind of like pull things out. I need more of this. Tell me more about this. Uh, and, and I had deadlines with that. So that's what helped me. I, I couldn't have done it. I, I could have done it alone, I guess, but I think it's much more streamlined and I'm being held capable and accountable by having somebody to work with. Mm, that's awesome. Well, congrats on that. I know that's a, oh, that's quite a long process. So uh, it looks like maybe the, the light is the end of the tunnel here soon enough. And then you have, I have to put a whole launch strategy together and all that stuff, but that's a whole other, <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other endeavor. So yeah. <laughs> What um, I want to, I'm curious on, so let's talk about someone getting started. So someone's listening in and I, and you could maybe take something from your book. You can take something obviously from other experiences in your life, but if, if someone's starting out, having some challenges, you know, needs a little dose of motivation. I, I like to say, you know, they're, you're writing something on a post-it note, they can stick it on their computer, look at it every day. Is there some piece of advice, insight, a quote, anything you'd share that maybe has been the best lesson you've learned over the years? Hmm. Don't let anyone steal your dreams. So, and what I mean by that is connect with people who are doing what you want to be doing, who um, believe in you. Because what I find is when we're shifting and becoming somebody new and we're starting this new endeavor, sometimes the people who are closest to us, they don't see us as that person yet. Right. So they might be caught up in their own fears and their paradigms. Oh, that's risky. Or are you sure you want to do that? So, and that's what I mean by don't let other people steal your dreams. You focus on what you want to do. And then the resources, the people, the mentors, all of that will fall into place. You just stay focused on what you want and talk to people who are supportive of your dream. Well, this goes back to what we're talking about the identity shift. Sometimes, you know, I talk about this a lot when I was, you know, I was a PJ professional. I, I had a coaching business for golf and stuff and transitioning and leaving that, like I was known as the golf guy. And that transition was so hard to go to something else. I know you mentioned that a little bit, obviously with, you know, what you had a transition. So I think that's part of it, right? Everyone that's around us knows us as something as, mm -hmm. as what we do. And it's not who we are, it's what we do, but yet 
we get pigeonholed kind of into that and and that's how folks see us so yeah oh my gosh i bet people are like are you crazy what are you doing like i'm following my passion <laughs> yeah i know and i see this a lot being a lot of talk talk with a lot of folks but to your point it's like if you're not fulfilled with what you're doing life's too short i mean gosh you know we only have so much time so go after it and and then just and you can't just go after it you have to put in the work ethic you have to put the time you have to put the energy in but at least you know you're working towards something greater and that purpose that you want to achieve versus yeah. kind of just you know checking the clock every day so yeah oh definitely it feels so much different <laughs> yeah well this has been awesome Laura, anything you would share any ass of the audience anything that you can think of before we uh we part ways yeah, I, I mean, I would love to stay in touch. If anybody has any questions, you can definitely reach out to me. I have um, a site. It's stretchintosuccess.com backslash just get started. So um, your listeners can go there. If you want to connect with me on a call, you can do that. There's some downloads and freebies there. I would love to stay connected. And if there's any way that I can serve you, definitely please let me know. And this has been really wonderful. I'm, I could talk about this all day long. I so know. I really appreciate connecting with you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Laura. This is uh, awesome. And that's, if anyone besides the website, they, if, I don't know if you, uh, what social watering holes you, you live on, but is there any, any specific yeah. way they can reach out if they did want to say hello? Yeah, absolutely. You can go find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Laura Noel. Um, and you'll find me there. That's probably the best place. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, as stretch into success. Uh, and you can find me there as well. Awesome. Laura, thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview and thanks again for stopping by. And just one more quick thing before you run along in your day. If you were looking for some more resources, some more insight, you know, inspiration, things that get you going a little bit further on your journey, feel free to head over to my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter that comes out. That's more of a digest of a lot of information that I discover throughout the week, whether it's a new podcast I listen to, or maybe it's a great follow online that's very insightful or a video I came across. I put that in a digestible form that you get once a week, as well as I blog three times a week. And these are very micro type blogs, one to five minute reads. They hit your inbox Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning and maybe give you a little dose of inspiration to get you going on your day. So feel free to sign up for those if it's something you might find as value. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.